Good evening and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sandsbury. Good evening and welcome. Marvellous. We are full flow, Simon. The hustings are upon us. Obviously, Charles Dickens last week and uh, we stay in the south of the city and head down to St. Jude um, for this evening's activities. So it was nice to go somewhere um, new. Uh, do we want an overview of the ward? Then okay, we'll uh, introduce our guests. So St. Jude is an area we haven't uh, covered before, and it's one of those areas of Portsmouth. It's one of the wards which doesn't have a a clear name like Baffins or Cosham as a region that anyone would recognise. So for those of you not familiar with the ward and with my somewhat inadequate map reading, it starts at the coast, roughly between the two piers, um, covers South Sea Castle and South Sea Common, and then sort of moves inland through of some of South Sea's nightlife up until the the sort of bottom end of Summers Town. It's it's a funny old shape, so uh, I'm I'm not going to try and describe all of it because uh, Simon and I spent many time, hours looking at a map trying to work it out. Um, politically, it's had a slightly mixed history. Last year, it returned a Labour councillor with a 40% of the vote, uh, 6% ahead of the Lib Dems. Um, the year before that, it was the Lib Dems that narrowly squeaked it by 3% from Labour, again, with about sort of mid-30s. And then if we go back to 2019, um, Graham Heaney won the seat for Labour with a 7% margin, but again, only commanding 33, 34% of the vote. So whilst you, you'd think it favours Labour, it's always a tight one and how everybody else votes seems to have a bearing. So welcome to the candidates of um, St Jude and hopefully you'll give us more of an insight into uh, into the ward you hope to serve. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for thank you for joining us. Um, so um, just before we started, um, I we performed a highly technical uh, method of randomising and understanding who will be going in in what order. Um, so each candidate gets a two minute opening speech. Um, and then for each question, each candidate will have up to a minute to be able to answer that. And then once all candidates have finished answering their questions, uh, then there is an optional 30 second rebuttal that um, that candidates can use. Uh, and then at the end of the hustings, uh, candidates have a one minute closing speech. Um, so that'll give them an opportunity to um, to bring their um, to bring their points uh, to a close. A um, couple of things just to remember with this um, with this election is that this will be the first election that you'll need to have uh, voter ID um, to be able to vote in person on May the 4th. Uh, so please do uh, bear that in mind. If you don't know whether you're already registered to vote in this election, you can go online and check that. Um, in order to be able to see um, the deadline for registering to vote is actually the 17th of April. Um, so uh, the clock is ticking just over a week away. Uh, but if you wanted to register to vote by post, um, the deadline for that is the 18th of April, for which you do not need ID. So you don't need ID to vote by post. Um, and if you forget to send that back in time, you just need to make sure that that postal, uh, that postal ballot gets to the council offices by 10 p.m. on election day. So that means you can just pop it into any um, polling um, ballot box um, on the day. Um, or you can apply by April the 25th for a free voter authority certificate, which means um, you'll be able to use that as a form of photo ID. Um, but again, if you um, scan, the, uh, scan the link that's, that's in the top left-hand corner of most of our screen, you'll be able to you'll see from our website there's links to the electoral commission um, where you can find more information about what id is valid um, and what um, what you can do in order to make sure that you don't lose out on your opportunity to vote so um without further ado shall we make our way to um to our opening speeches indeed go to our so our first opening speech will be from uh from martin um so whenever you are um you are ready um off you go Okie doke, I'm not sure this is going to take quite the full two minutes, but uh, hi, I'm Martin Northern. I'm standing in St. Jude this year uh, for the Portsmouth Lib Dems. Uh, I live in South Sea and have done for pretty much my entire adult life. Um, I uh, run my own design and IT business, working mostly with primary schools uh, and small businesses, um, providing central services so that you know schools can actually deliver the lessons that they're trying to teach. Um, in my quote unquote spare time uh, I'm a trustee at the skate park on South Sea Common 
which is now one of the oldest skate parks in the world. Uh, where we would try and help young people engage in positive activities whilst trying to live up to their Olympic aspirations. Um, I like to think that I'm friendly and approachable uh, and I'm eager to present, represent St Jude uh, for the City Council to help make South Sea a better place to live. Thank okay. you very much. You really did shock us then by not using Thank all you. of the time. Um, Thank you very much. Okay, so um, <laughs> so next in the queue then is um, is Richard. Okay, so my name is Richard Peckham. Uh, I'm a local man. I was born in Portsmouth. Uh, I've lived most of my life in and around uh, uh, Portsmouth and be our beautiful city. And I now reside in Southsea in the St. Saint, Saint Jude's Ward. Uh, I own a business in Southsea, which is Sherlock's by down in St. Jude's Ward. And, all, and most of my family actually live uh, in and around Southsea as well. Uh, Southsea is my home. I really do care passionately about what happens here. Uh, probably like you, I'm, I'm frustrated by a number of matters uh, in South Sea, I suppose working in Dubai, you get to hear everything. Um, so I, I want to uh, uh, stand as an independent councillor uh, because I genuinely think that a, a man, person living in the city, uh, living in the borough, living in the ward, um, uh, can make a, a difference without having any, having any uh, biased opinions uh, from any of, a, of the national parties to contend with. Uh, my my interest is purely local and not national there we are that's less than two minutes uh, um graham uh away and when you're ready please okay Th thanks simon um my name is graham Heaney. um i've represented st jude ward since 219 um i was born and brought up in the city educated here and i currently work at the university of portsmouth and i actually uh teach politics and public policy um Having represented St Jude for the last four years, I mean, the things that are important, I think, for residents and for me as a local councillor are to ensure that Palmerston Road retains its uh, status as a, as, a, as a place to go to shop. And working with local traders, finding out what they need is, is key. We're going to have some new developments there in the area which will help, so that's really, really key. The other thing I've been keen to do is to support local residents in greening their areas and also helping them to improve things like traffic in their neighbourhoods. We've got a, a, a group of residents wanting a low traffic neighbourhood uh, plan that they've been working on. So I'm, I'm willing to support them on that. But my purpose is for the council. I mean, I just would like to see the council be more ambitious um, in delivery. Uh, just to give a quick example on recycling, Portsmouth has recycling rates of about 27% this year. The figures came out. Back in 2016, 17, it was about 24%. So we made very little progress. And there's a lot of uh, desire for people to do that across the city. Other cities like uh, Derby and Plymouth, 34, 37%. So we need to be more ambitious in delivery. And I think if I get re-elected, I really want to push the idea that we should um, really make delivery of some of these important priorities in the city our main aim. Okay, um, fantastic, thank you. Marvellous. So if we move into our questions then, gentlemen. So the first question is, what do you hear on the doorsteps of St Jude as the most important issue? And can I ask that first to Richard, please? Yep, sure. Um, OK, not obviously not just the doorsteps. Uh, I get a lot of uh, residents talking to me uh, in, in uh, my workplaces too. But uh, I mean, the main things really are uh, uh, the top one, course, is parking. It is a nightmare around South Sea, uh, and with all the new buildings going up as well, uh, I, I can see parking getting worse. Um, uh, the noise of the rocks, I know there's not a lot to do about it, but if you ask me what here on the, on the door, the noise of the rocks in, in South Sea uh, being moved around at two, three, four o'clock in the morning. Uh, the closure of, of uh, uh, Devon's and Knight and Lee has left a massive gap uh, for shops, uh, big shops in the area. Uh, and the questions are what's happening with those two big department stores what's in those two big buildings is anything going to happen at all uh, and of course the, the general shops closing in the local area is, is a concern as well we we see shops closing non-stop around marmion road palmerston road um and that is a concern to local residents that what, what is the council going to be doing about those thank you richard could i ask the same question please to martin yeah, no problem. Um, first of all, um, I mean, I've been working with Councillor Hugh Mason for 
a uh, few years now helped him in his successful campaign to get re-elected last time he was up. Um, first thing that I'd like to say is that most of the time people say that they think that the councils run pretty well. Um, and then following that, in the people that have things to say, quite often it's GPs, it's lack of GPs, it's lack of dentists, it's um, long waiting lists for ambulances, um, quickly followed up by sewage problems and like Richard said, uh, Debenhams and um, Knight and Lee, obviously hot topics as well. Um, the list kind of goes on, you know, shoplifting on, on Albert Road, you've got antisocial behaviour, parking permits, you know, cycle routes and, and that kind of stuff. So uh, there is quite a list. And yeah, it's uh, sometimes it's really good to hear. And sometimes you're worried you're going to run out in five seconds. So <laughs> you let the next person carry on. <clears throat> Perfect. Those, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, and so last and by no means least, Graham, what are the people telling you? Yeah, there's not been a single issue. It's been a range of issues, depending on which bits of the ward I'm working in. Um, we've had some issues of antisocial behaviour around Wimbledon Park last year. It's tailed off a bit. We are liaising with other agencies about how to make sure that doesn't happen next year. Um, I've been in a meeting with Albert Road Traders to talk about some of the issues they have about safety of their staff and, and antisocial behaviour. And so that's been one of the ones that uh, has been quite common. Um, the other ones, I suppose, are um, littering in the streets after Friday nights, Saturday nights, particularly if you live around Albert Road in the streets off there. And maybe we should think about whether the rotors for street sweeping need to be improved to take account of that. That's probably some of the things that needs to be done there. Um, the ask people asking what's happening with Debenhams and, and John Lewis. The John Lewis building is things are going on, but it's all inside. You can't see what's happening. There's lots of noise and that. So I'm hoping at some point we'll get a chance to have a look inside and see what's going on. Um, but those have been the main things. Cost of living as well as another one that's come up, a general point about cost of living. And we have had GPs and uh, appointments as well. So thank you, gentlemen. A um, lot of ranges there. And many of those topics we'll touch on in the future questions at this point any of you want to use your rebuttal in which case i'll pass okay, you to simon excellent. um funny enough um the next uh, the next question kind of follows on um strangely from from um, from what you've all said so st jude hosts a lot of south's nighttime economy um what needs to be done to keep that sector thriving um but also balancing um the needs of um of residents please um and um sorry i've lost my list um and if i can ask that question uh please first to to graham yeah I'm, i mean the entertainment area is really important lots of people are attracted there i mean i use it as well you've got the king's theater so it's important we keep this going i mean one of the things that uh is important is adequate control for antisocial behavior making sure that your staff are actually working well, um, making sure licensing conditions are maintained and so on. So we can do that. Um, those are really important. We have to also recognise the influx of people coming in as well. Uh, King's Theatre obviously draws people in. And this is one of the reasons why parking is a bit of a challenge because they don't have a car park. Um, so we have to balance that out in terms of deciding uh, how we uh, control parking in the in the area. Um, but yes, it is a valuable area. It is worthwhile preserving and we've got to keep on top of the issues that are concerning business. I mentioned earlier the, the, the litter issue of people from takeaways dropping stuff around. That's the council getting its um, uh, street sweeping around sorted to make sure that they can deal with that. That's the way to solve that problem, as well as encouraging people not to litter. Thank you very much. Um, and um, the next, um, that to uh, Richard, please. Uh, of course, having a bar <laughs> in the look where uh, some of the, a lot of these things actually affect me directly. Um, some of the things that helped in the past was the was it the help out eat out thing that they did uh, a couple of years back, which was really really good for us. Actually. Um, so I think similar sort of schemes. I, I appreciate that the local council can't necessarily directly affect that, but where the local council can help is is to help businesses like ours perhaps open a bit later uh, and be a bit more flexible. I, I currently am going for a number of different planning things and discussions with them that they seem to take forever and seem to cost all my, you know, take all my money away. Uh, to make things a little bit easier would, would be good for, for new businesses. We've had quite a few clothes recently, uh, Kingsley's clothes, a few other bars clothes through licence issues, uh, and they don't seem to be the only sign of, of, of reopening. Um, so I think 
some help and support for uh, independence. We need nationals to come along and open up a new bar, open up a new restaurant. Uh, would be great. Whether it's a VAT cut, I don't know. Whether that's a help out the week, I don't know. But it's something like that needs to be done to help us out because it is it is a it is a, a struggle and effort for many okay. parties. Um, lovely. Um, thank you. And the same to Martin, please. Yeah, I think um, you kind of need to look at it slightly from the other point of view. So obviously you've got a lot of residents, like the question says, you know, how can we balance that with the residents? So I think to a certain extent, some of the late licenses need to be in the correct areas so that they don't, there isn't too much noise. And it's not just necessarily the patrons of those establishments, you know, it's things like the other people that are in the area with causing potential antisocial behavior. And we get a lot of people talking about um, bottles, glass and glass being sort of removed and, and binned overnight, um, certainly around the Abbott Road area. Um, I think as well as that, we need to do more investment of the, the southern part of, of uh, Palmerston Road. I think it needs to stay modern and current for people to, to still find it attractive, to still want to go there. Um, and most importantly, with only 10 seconds to go, I think policing would be really important because we've got problems with not only stopping antisocial behaviour, but also making people feel safe in those areas during those okay. periods of time. Okay. There was That's fine. Lovely. Okay. Um, <laughs> out anybody time. want to take the <laughs> option of their 30 second rebuttal to any of those answers at all? Okay, great. Thank you. Ian. Marvellous. So it looks like the almost certain outcome of this election will be no overall control, as that's been the way the council has been for um, many years now. So my question to you is, if you're successful, how do you ensure that you're going to get the best outcome for the people of St. Jude? And I could want to ask that first to Martin, please. OK, for, for me, it's absolutely essential that we talk to the residents and we find out what it is that they want and or need for where they are, because you're not going to get anything done for them if you don't know what they want and need. So, first of all, you listen to what they have to say and then you take those things to cabinet and or uh, full council. Um, the best example of that so far is obviously on the doorstep. We've been talking to people and a lot of people are asking about Debenhams. And I recently sat in the council chamber and helped convince them that we should be going for the compulsory purchase order for Debenhams. And that went through. So I think that if we can keep doing things like that, keep listening to the public, keep taking it to council, and then hopefully we'll get the right thing for the right people. And that's really the most important thing, making sure that we do the right thing for the people that live here. Thank you, Martin. Um, so Graham, how can you ensure you get the best deal for the people of St. Jude? Well, I certainly want to tell the council what residents want, but the thing is, will the administration listen? Um, we've had a couple of issues where um, we've taken issues to there and they haven't really, well, they haven't really taken them seriously. We had some residents of Richmond Row wanted uh, what's now called a popping active neighbourhood, and we did that two years ago. We, we had an officer visit, we had some humation was there as well, and nothing happened, and it got uh, the, the, the area that's been picked has been a completely different area, despite the fact we were first in the queue. So I'm not quite sure how you do that. It's about the willingness of the administration to work with other people. They do work with some people, and they have been working with the Portsmouth Independent Party. They don't always want to work with other parties. So it's a question of, I think, what group the uh, administration want to work with. And I hope they'll maybe consider working with us sometimes as well, because we do support them on their budget, for example, as we've done over the last couple of years. Thank you, Graham. And finally, Richard, as an independent, uh, how do you intend to influence to get the best deal? For well, one of the one of the main issues I think that people like to that people have said is that, uh, in the local area have said that um, they just want to know some answers. They just want to hear. They want to hear what's going on. They often they often feel they're kind of kept in the dark. I mean, we mentioned Ed Devons and and, and John Lewisburg. And it, 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 we hear things going on, but actually, what is what is going on? So one of the things I'll do personally is I, I have a premises in Southie. I, I will open up. On a regular basis, a kind of I guess surgery, uh, and people can come and I want to talk to them. I want I want residents to walk in, talk to me, um, and ask me questions so that I can actually go to council and say these are the questions, these are the these are the things that are, are on people's mind this week, this year, uh, and and go back to residents and actually give them some some actual answers 
Uh, even if it's bad news answers. I mean, they'd much rather hear uh, the bad news uh, rather than no news. So, so I want I want to be able to open up and say, you know, come and talk to me. Let's let's have a chat about all the local issues, not national, uh, and let, and let's see if we can uh, make the council uh, tell us more and get and get more done. Thank you, Richard. Any of you want to come back in? Can I just come in briefly? Um, yep. Just a couple of points, really. I mean, I, I do hold a word surgery every uh, month on Saturday mornings and people, and it's a drop-in centre, so people can just come and ask me. And actually, even when I don't get people with problems, they often people stop and have a chat about issues and ask questions, just as Richard has said about what's going on in, in inside. The problem for that group is they can't really show people what's happening because it is all internal. Most of the works to that building are internal because the, the outside is protected. But they have promised when they are in a position to do something about it, they will give us an opportunity to have a look inside and we'll be able then to tell people what's happening on, on that. With regard to the Debenhams one, that's an interesting one because although the council the council has only done an in-principle look at the case for CPO, not actually agreed it just yet. That's a later stage. Nothing's been agreed yet. Thank you, Graham. Uh, either of the other two of you want to come back in? In which case, okay, Simon. Lovely. Thank you very much. So, uh, Victoria's Festival brings thousands of people into the ward in late August um, in you know the sunny, happy days. It, welcome attraction or burden for um for the residents um and if i can ask that question first to uh, richard please i like it when you say the word sunny i like the word <laughs> sunny we could do it some, first of all in south that would be a good start sunny would be nice first of all uh, yes i, I mean victorious is fantastic it's is is an amazing event uh, it attracts you know tens of thousands of people to the city who spend their money uh, in businesses in around in around the the, the, the ports of Bury and obviously St Jude's, um, so absolutely I, I wouldn't want to see it change. I appreciate there are issues uh, during the time it's on. I appreciate that the Wi-Fi goes down. <laughs> we have to say bomb. Um, I appreciate that sometimes some litters left and those sort of things. But for the for the three four days it's there, it brings in a, a massive amount of money to our economy. Uh, it, it's a fantastic entertainment. It puts our city on the map. No, definitely keep victorious. I do. I see it as a, a massive advantage, massive benefit. Okay, lovely. Thank you. Um, same to Graham, please. Yeah, it is a challenge, but it's a really good event. I mean, I've been reading some of the reviews and people talking about it, and actually, it's a very successful festival, and people really enjoy it, and it say attracts people to come to the city, and hopefully, they'll come back again once they've been to Portsmouth. That's the thing, I think. It does mean that residents are inconvenienced, and I think what we need to do is to review after the end of every Victoria's what went well, what didn't go so well, think about planning for the future. I mean, I'm hoping if I get re-elected, we'll have some meetings before the festival gets going to see the planning for it and see what has changed from last year, what can be made better. I mean, I know the big issue, I think, last year was toilets, there were enough toilets, but that's an internal thing for Victoria's to sort out, not us. The things about people getting away, being able to get away properly, that's about the planning of the traffic. And because I take an interest in that, I'll be hoping to make sure we get that right and there isn't any problems, or as many problems as there could be uh, with moving so many people around the city. Lovely, thank you. Martin? Yeah, as a, as a trustee at the skate park, it's a little tricky for us because we're smack bang in the middle. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Fortunately, that does mean I get to go. Uh, and this year, hopefully I'll be skating. But um, first of all, when we talk to people on doorsteps, overwhelmingly, people love it. Uh, OK, some people hate it. There's literally two or three people over the last three or four years that that don't like it. Um, but like Richard said, it's fantastic for the economy, uh, not just for the people that are that have stalls there. Uh, uh, but also for the businesses that are around. Uh, I know that they do do a review after every year and they do try and accommodate some of the problems that have come up that year. Um, for instance, I know um, the common is definitely not closed until the very, very last second. Um, so, you know, and, and keeping as many of the roads open as, as long as possible is, is absolutely important for them. So, you know, we do what we can and we just need to listen to, you know, what people have to say. And, and if we can accommodate what we need to change, then we can do it. So okay, there you go. <laughs> lovely. Um, anyone want to make use of the rebuttal on that one? Okay. Harmony is... A ringing endorsement Indeed. for Victorious, um, as, as we would hope. Um, so uh, at the moment, currently, there is a cost Ooh. of lifting crisis. So specifically, what should local councils be doing to better support residents? And can I ask that first to Graham, please? 
Well, the council has been given money by the government to help support people in a range of different ways. And that's happened last year. And I think there is some more money coming for this year. And I think there'll be a report coming sometime in May, maybe early June to, to look at that. Um, so clearly councils can do something, but that's money that's given by government. Um, I think the council um, could do a bit more. I mean, we actually proposed in our budget that we put aside a quarter of a million pounds for effectively a cost of living hardship fund, which should be available for various uses. We weren't specific about it because we know it can be various things. One example is we currently still make council taxpayers pay 20% of their council tax. Now, obviously, if you're on a low income and suffering, you may not be able to do that. So that fund could have been used for something like that. And um, we didn't get the quarter of money we wanted. We got about £70,000, but it's at least something. But there are things the council could do. I think they should look at whether we should still be charging people 20% for their council tax. Thank you, Graham. Can I ask the same question to Martin, please? Yeah, um, as far as I'm aware, uh, Portsmouth City Council will have one of the best programmes for struggling families in, in the country. Uh, at the moment, we have a, th I'm reading off my notes, uh, £38 million programme to help pensioners, in-need families and vulnerable children. So that's something to be incredibly proud of, you know, something that people aren't getting elsewhere. Um, I'm also aware that the council, regardless of the hike in um, council tax, still have the lowest council tax of any South Coast city, and we're still able to offer services at a very high level. So I think that's something we can be proud of. And I think that with that £38 million uh, fund, we can help in, in need families, vulnerable children and pensioners. And, you know, from there, we can think, think about how it goes from there, really. Thank you. And finally, can I ask that question to Richard, please? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the, the fact is more money in in our pockets and everyone's pockets around the show is 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 key. You know, the, the, the cost of living, the, the fact is if we had more money, we could buy more things. So the the the, the, the council tax is the council tax is the obvious thing. Uh, what I what I can see uh, uh, is that we, we get less at the moment, I feel. And a lot of residents feel that I went talking to them. Uh, they're getting less services. Uh, they're less frequent. Uh, there's less people working at the council than it was for. I know when when they uh, they, they moved to kind of a working from home that uh, sort of less people now working from the building. Um, but but our bills go up all the time. Now I, I'm sure there's a, a there's a formula for that. Uh, but I still think it seems very unfair. Uh, a lot of residents uh, agree. So the council tax is the obvious one, uh, and I would want to know why our our costs go up and our bills go up. And yet, the quality of service we receive from the council, in, in their opinion, in my in my in, uh, in Saint Jude's residence, I speak to, uh, is their opinion too that it's not as good. Thank you, Richard. So, any of you want to come in on that topic? Well, I just come back quickly. Um, I, I listened to Martin talk about the the money. He said thirty eight million. It's not thirty eight million. It's three point eight million actually, because it's a. Uh, it, it, that's the money for this coming financial year. So yeah, if we had 38 million people, we really would have control, but yeah, that's not what it is. So it's three, three like On the issue of um, what Richard said about council tax, well, basically the council has suffered massive cuts through the period from 210 onwards. I mean, that started under the Lib Dem Conservative Coalition government, where we suffered massive cuts to our government uh, grants and our budgets. And that's continued now. And actually council tax makes up a higher proportion of the amount of money that goes towards funding services than government support. And that is going to continue. Um, and we have lots of services like social care, children's services, which we have to provide. So we can't not provide those. So that's the pressure on the council's budget. I could say more, but I'll cut off there because of my 30 seconds. <laughs> Thank you, Graham. So Martin, Richard, anything to add? Me? Nope. Thank you. In which case, Simon. Lovely. Thank you. So, um, so the work on the sea defences, um, they're essential to protect the island uh, from the rising sea levels. But is enough being done to protect the, the aesthetic of the seafront? Um, and if I can ask that question first, please, to Martin. Yeah, again, uh, it mostly comes from talking to people on the doorstep, but the feedback has been generally positive. Uh, and I know that this, I always get it, get it wrong, but the South Sea Coastal Scheme uh, are taking steps to make sure that the protected areas are protected. Um, and I know that the in the Lib Dem budget, um, we put aside £100,000 for additional improvements, which will hopefully, you know, make sure that some of the areas that aren't protected uh, 
return. So for instance, something we hear a lot about is the the covered area on what what is commonly known as the red uh, or where is it speaker's corner or announcer's corner, um, that's going to go away. And a lot of people are complaining that that's going to go. So I know that we have been told that with that £100,000, that's one of the things that that's going to be replaced. So, you know, I think it's, it's going to be different, but I don't think it's going to be bad. I think all the things that need to be saved will be saved and everything else will be exciting to see. Lovely. Thank you very much. Um, and um, that one to Richard, please. Um, the word second place is essential, as we all know. Uh, the plans that have been put forward, the work they've done so far down uh, in South Sea looks good. So, you know, aesthetically pleasing. What, what I've been more interested in is, is well, I've seen lots of fancy pictures of all, you know, new shops and new businesses and new places to go and visit on in South Sea and lots of people walking around having a great time. Um, well, I want to see more of that. I, want, you know, I, want, I actually want to see that uh, and I guess that's going to you know come in time um I, I'm going to hope that from our beautiful view we have from our from from walking on the sea farm uh, that we can have some very nice attractions that people can enjoy uh, if you go to Brighton at the moment you get fantastic attractions all along the sea farm and yet they have no view we've got a fantastic view and we have not many not enough attractions enough. Um, so I would hope that as time goes on the aesthetically pleasing uh, uh, pathways are putting out will then be joined by some very nice businesses and shops uh, to help to cater for the uh, users of that of that uh, walk. Lovely, thank you. Um, and lastly, to Graham, please. Yeah, I mean, I've taken a, a walk along Long Curtain Moat where they've done the work, works recently, and it does look really impressive, actually. Um, it is quite um, plain in many respects. There's, there's not always embellishment, but I, I think it looks really, it looks really good. They had a big consultation meeting um, back in February, I think, at the tennis centre there on South Sea, just to talk about plans for the rest of it. And I think there are real opportunities for enhancing and adding and allowing artists some opportunities to do that. I know some local artists have actually expressed an interest in wanting to do some things, so we should engage with them, see what they can do, and see if there's an opportunity to either uh, work with the coastal defence scheme, maybe including something that's already being done, or whether we do some enhancements. Uh, so that that's, I think, is the way the way forward on that. Okay, thank you very much. Um, anyone may want to make use of their thirty second rebuttal on that one at all? Okay, lovely, Ian. Marvelous. So these are my words as a uh, regular visitor to the Kings and more frequently to the Wedgwood Rooms. Your ward is a parking nightmare. What can be done? Graham, you get that one first. <laughs> well, as the Labour Traffic Transportation Spokesman, as someone who came in when the MD parking scheme was being debated um, and managed to persuade the executive to review the timing of that zone to make sure everyone was happy with it, because nobody agreed on the timings when it was being consulted on. Um, I, th I think the problem is we just have too many vehicles. There are too many cars um, in the city and we're not going to accommodate them all. The residence parking schemes are designed to try and manage the flow of car parking. And obviously the administration decided to have these shorter two hour blocks and it works reasonably well um, to do that because it means they can be reasonably well enforced, whereas the longer schemes are more difficult to enforce. And um, I just think we need to get people to think about whether we need to own as many cars as we do. Um, I think people coming to the city know that it's going to be a problem. So I think you have to take that into account when you... Uh, when you decide to live in the area. Um, there's never gonna be enough road space. The roads weren't designed for the amount of cars we have now. So I think we're just gonna to have to find ways like the schemes and other things to try and manage it, encourage people to use other forms of transport too. Thank you, Graham. So Richard, what can be done? Um, well, I think we need some kind of out of the box thinking this really. Uh, if we just look at St. Jude's on, on its own, um, right in the center of St. Jude's, is Waitrose. Now, I walk past Waitrose every single day, uh, going to work uh, and going to shops. And there are 200 plus parking spaces there that outside of normal working hours are empty. Now, I would like to think that that, that a conversation um, should be had with Waitrose to allow people to use their parking space. Now, whether that's a, a payment scheme or a permit scheme, I'm not sure, but there are 200 spaces there that should be used. There are hundreds of parking spaces on the seafront that are underused. Now, is that because we're charging too much? Is it, it should it be no charge at all? I just think we really need to look at the spaces around the area where parking can be, more parking can be achieved. And like I say, in our ward alone, 
right in the centre is 200 spaces that are not being used by anybody at all at night time. Thank you, Richard. And Martin, what can be done? Yeah, I think Graham's right. Um, you know, we've we've got a Victorian infrastructure which was never designed for this many cars, and I think um, we we need to invest more in public transport so people feel less like they need to bring their car into the city. Obviously, we've got things like your park and ride scheme. Um, we've got the new um, bus station being built up at Hillsey with the electric buses. We just need to in invest in those kinds of schemes so that people can use other modes of transport, um, including. Um, so we recently saved the 13, 14, 18 and 22 bus routes so that people can still use get access across the seafront. Um, like Richard, I walk around the ward. I, I barely even drive my car. Uh, in fact, the other day I got in and thought, I wondered where that thing had gone. Uh, I was on the seat of my passenger seat. You know, I literally walk around or ride my push bike everywhere. Um, so, so yeah, I think there, there's there's room for for using public transport and sort of, like Graham said, kind of thinking about how many cars we've got at home and maybe not having one of them. Excellent. So thank you. Uh, any of you want to come back on any of those points? Um, just uh, only one point. Really. I, I, I think it's, I think it'd be very difficult to convince uh, the residents um, in Portsmouth, especially the St. Jude's Ward, to try and lose one of their cars or to use a car less um, or to have less cars. I, I, they're going to have cars. Uh, there are more cars that are going to come. As, as and when builders are put up, more cars will come. Um, I think we just need to find more spaces uh, around the air by using some of the things, uh, parking opportunities that are already there that are not being used. Thank you, Richard. Graham Martin? Just briefly, yeah, um, there was a scheme some some time ago where the King's Theatre had an arrangement with which was able to park there, but I don't think it turned out to be that successful, partly because I'm not sure many people, as many people used it as they might have hoped, but also there is the issue of um, managing and controlling it. I mean, the, 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 we've tried a number of private organisations, um, people with car parks, about having vehicles on their sites, but they're very reluctant to because security, you know, the, the they also want to spaces freed up by the time they want to start their businesses. So there are some issues around how we were we, we should do that. Well, we could always go back and ask them again and see if their views have changed on that. But um, that, that I think is problematic. The last thing about the seafront, I mean, the seafront does have some free parking late at night. But again, it's a question of walking. I mean, I was down at the seafront today and it was absolutely jam-packed with cars. There was no spaces anywhere. Uh, it was really, really solid. So... I think it makes the point that we we do have a lot of vehicles. And actually, I've spoken to people who are saying that they're giving up a second car, at least, if not their first. So I think it is beginning to change people's views. Perfect. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for that answer. I shall pass you to Simon. OK, um, lovely. Thank you very much. So, um, South Sea Common has its, has its issues with, um, with users of recreational drugs um, and other sorts of antisocial behaviour. Do you welcome the banning of nitrous oxide? Is that going to make a difference? Um, and if I can ask that um, ask that question first, please, um, to uh, to Richard. I'm, I'm not convinced it's necessarily the answer. Um, possibly is. Uh, I, I probably need more time to kind of think. We, we try sort of banning bits and pieces before when it's um, but then they'll find them somewhere else and they'll find reasons to want to have to buy them or somewhere to buy them from. Uh, I guess, you know, unfortunately, it is very much an educational thing. Uh, and sometimes, whether this is central government does this, I think stark warnings of what can happen if you do silly things with, with, silly, with silly objects and silly canisters, I think is, is education more than anything else. Uh, it's the same as it is with, 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 with people to give up smoking. You know, make the warnings stark um make it real um and i'm sure the local council can can help with some of the, the you know the the advertising that around the local area i'm, I'm not sure just necessarily ban it all because if you ban that would you ban next what, what they're going to do next is it's more about education lovely thank you very much um and martin yeah i um unfortunately grew up in a household where recreational drugs and alcohol were readily available um, fortunately for me, I decided that that wasn't for me at the time I was competing at a high level and drugs and alcohol were not part of the rock and roll lifestyle that I wanted to lead. 
So I'm very aware that, you know, the, the current research from the UN uh, kind of speaks for itself, which says, you know, actually banning of substances is not an effective way of treating uh, drug addiction. So I think that we need to be, like Richard said, treating it as a health issue, not as a criminal issue, and using it to educate people that that is that is not something we should be doing. At the same time, I think we should be investing more into mental health services because addiction is a mental health problem and it needs to be dealt with properly. And at the moment, we don't have enough of those mental health services to be adequate. So, yeah, I don't think that banning is going to be the appropriate way to deal with the problem. Okay, thank you. Um, and lastly, Graham. Yeah, I believe the announcement was made by Michael Gove on Sophie Ridge's programme on Sky that they were going to ban nitrous oxide, but he couldn't answer the question as what category it fell into, A, B or C. I suspect that this is something that will disappear because it's a bit of a publicity stunt, I think, by the government. The Advisory Committee on the Misuse of Drugs actually published a report at the beginning of March about this and said they didn't recommend banning it under the 1971 Act because um, there's a lot of legitimate uses in health, in science, medicine and so on. So they felt there would be a problem. They also listed a whole range of other things that could be done, including um, bans on the sale, both online and in, in shops, um, the, the nature of containers they're sold in various other things they could do. They also said that the police have powers under current antisocial behaviour to deal with anyone who is dealing with, who is engaging in antisocial behaviour. In fact, the report didn't think there was a massive link between it. And I'm interested that Michael Gove didn't take any notice of the experts' report because he presumably doesn't think experts are worth listening to. Um, so I suspect this is going to um, go away as a as a ban, I don't think it'll come into legislation, but there are some things that the committee advised which could be done to minimise the problem and to heighten education about the need. But they also said they should monitor more closely what's happening with this drug to see how it's being used and what the harmful effects are uh, uh, on on people. Thank you, Graham. Sorry, I let you um, uh, run over a little bit there, and no, that's okay. Sorry, yes. Um, was... Would um, Richard Martin? Um, anyone want to um, come back at all? Okay, thank you. Ian. So we come to our final question, and this one really is a is a challenge for each of you because uh, it's one of those if you could change just one thing um, and look back at the end of your term and make that a success, what would you change? And if I can ask that first to Richard, please. Uh, we really covered it, really, but I mean, my, my biggest bugbear, my my biggest personal bugbear. And the, and the biggest bugbear that or, or, or everyone I speak to is parking. And, and I know we touched on, you know, the, a couple of things there, but but I really do think that um, if a sensible conversation is had with uh, with with people like Waitrose, if a sensible conversation we had by, with, with the council themselves about parking on the seafront, uh, the fact is that that that, we're, that the, most of the parking is needed uh, from sort of five six o'clock onwards, and people come from work and and they, they they're going home. Uh, the parking is only going to get worse as more as more buildings are built. And I think if you drive down the sea farm, um, uh, you will see lots of empty spaces. If you go past waitress, you will see lots of empty spaces. I am certain that the the waitress one could be a self-funding exercise uh, by paying somebody, put some cameras up there, make some security. I think it'd be a self-funding uh, exercise by having an arrangement with waitress and let people park there. But that's just my personal feelings. I think parking is the main thing from, from my point of view and, and the people I speak to in the local area. Perfect. Thank you, Richard. So, Martin, your chance, what, what's, the, what's the biggest thing you'd want to tackle if successful? I think policing. Um, I think that I hear horror stories from people at the ARTA, at the Alvaro Traders Association, telling me about shops being uh, shoplifted every day, about how shopkeepers or shop owners are being terrorized by these people that just want to get stuff from their shops i hear i heard stories from residents telling me that they've seen people chased down the street by people that want money you know uh, and i think that if we had better policing people would feel safer to walk around on the streets they'd feel safer to answer their doors they'd feel safer to do to go about their lives i think really realistically better policing would be make the biggest difference to people's lives full stop thank you martin very concise answer and last and by no means least graham what would be your big thing should you be successful 
Well, thinking about things that the council actually does control, and that's, I think, important from the perspective as a local councillor, is, I mean, I'd like to see the proposals that residents came up with in Richmond Road succeed, i.e. their proposal for a, a, an active Pompey neighbourhood. I'd like to see some some of the greening experiments which are being put forward by residents for their areas to be things that would go up. So it's, I've cheated a bit and asked for two, but I think they do the same sorts of things. Thank you, gentlemen. Anybody want to come back? In which case, thank you, and I will hand you to Simon for closing speeches. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so we'll take the closing speeches uh, a minute apiece um, in the same order that we took uh, we took the opening speeches. Um, so, um, so that will be um, Martin, uh, Richard, then Graham. Just looking at the time, Simon, I think we can probably be a little bit more generous on exact timing and let people overrun a little bit as a... Uh, a, a very concise and um, and fact-focused bunch we've had of us today. Okay, that's um, that's lovely. Um, As a compliment. Yeah, indeed. Well, I'll let you. I'll put in a minute, and we'll uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see uh, kind of where we um, where we get to. So, um, just while Simon's working on the final thing, we will just give you all the reminder. Simon covered it at the top of the show, but it is really important that whoever you intend to vote for in the May the fourth elections, um, it. it there's nothing worse than the vote you can't cast. So please take the time, as Simon has said, the QR code that's in the top of our screen there. If you scan that, it will take you to the Electoral Commission website. It is easy to register. It is easy to get your photo photo ID quickly or go for that postal vote, um, which means that you can either cast it in advance or drop it in on the day on in person if you don't have photo ID. So whichever one of our fine candidates who's come forward today or even if you decide to pick another party ensure that you're there with the right uh, piece of paper in your hand to enable you to vote so uh, give that a go and uh, simon are we good to go we are rocking it well covered there well covered um okay Marvelous. martin whenever you whenever you're ready yeah i just wish i knew at the beginning of the show we we're going to have a bit of extra time because i have a habit of chattering <laughs> a little bit too much um so uh would have maybe waffled on a little more than i than i have done uh but really uh i just want to thank everybody for coming and listening to the show today uh and and really hope that this helps people that are undecided because you know we still talk to people on the door and they either say oh i didn't know there was an election or i still don't know who i'm going to vote for yet you know hopefully this helps people make a decision uh and like ian and simon said you know make sure you go out on the 4th of may and uh and vote you know like you said there's there's nothing worse than a, a vote you can't a vote you can't cast so so yeah thank you everybody for coming and obviously i'm martin i'm representing the portsmouth lib dems and I'd say it. Vote for me. <laughs> okay, so thank you very much, Martin. Um, and then, um, so the next one was uh, for Richard. So apologies, Richard. While I just try and line that up. Sorry. Okay. Um, okay. Um, and um, when you're ready, please. Okay. So uh, I want to ask a question out there. Are you one of the silent majority in the in the St. Jude's ward? Uh, does your opinion actually count? Um, is it time for you really to have a voice? Um, there's approximately 9,000 eligible votes in St. Wittu's ward. Uh, approximately 65% of voters did not vote in the last year's local elections. Uh, the successful candidate last year secured around about 1,500 votes, so approximately 15% of the electorate. Uh, so your vote actually can make a difference in your local elections. This isn't like national elections. You, you definitely can make a difference. So go out there and vote. Uh, why you should vote for me? Well, I'm, I'm, I am an independent councillor. Uh, I would not need to ask for any political central office for their bias stance over our local issues. My interest and responsibility would be local matters and not national issues. So I would remain focused on what is best for South and St. Jude's. I would not involve myself in any petty squabbles between the parties or trying to score points. Uh, I'm a local local to the area. I run a local business. All my family are local. I live local. Uh, and I would regularly open up my bar, Sherlock's Bar, to make sure that uh, there are opportunities to come in and talk to me and tell me your concerns and issues and questions you may have, which I hope to come. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Richard. And then last uh, but not least, um, Graham. Thanks, thanks Simon. Um, I mean, I'd like to build on the experience I've had over the last four years representing St. Jude to continue to work hard to get the things that residents want. So I highlighted a couple of things. The 
the uh, Active Pompey neighbourhood in Richmond Road, getting greening of the streets in places that I've had people lobbying me for that. Um, been a bit of a battle to do that, but we're getting there. So lots of things we can do. Working with the traders, making sure that our commercial areas in Palmerston Road are prospering, making sure also that places like Albert Road both uh, function as entertainment areas, but also don't uh, cause too many issues and problems for the local residents. And liaising with a lot of different agencies, the police, health services and others, to make sure that people who have problems in an area, getting the support they need and uh, making sure that we can deal with all the problems that people have, both as cost of living, housing and a range of other things. I think we also need to make sure that we're ambitious as a council to deliver. We should be more ambitious to get things done raise our recycling rates, sort out our planning system so that it works efficiently, and make sure that we uh, deal with uh, high levels of council tax and deal with things like council tax, uh, 20% that we charge people. Look at see ways we can help people on those particular things. Okay, that's, uh, that's lovely. Thank you very much. Thank you all for giving up your time this evening. Um, it's been great to hear all of your thoughts uh, and we've learned a little bit more about the St Jude Ward. Um, so thank you for educating us on that. And uh, good luck to all of you in the coming weeks. And because uh, we, we know enough to know the, the, the pounding of the pavements is going to go on um, pretty much relentlessly now until sort of May the 3rd. Um, so, yeah, wish you all every success and thank you for coming in this evening. So, you've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I've been Ian Tiny-Morris. And our guests have been Graham Heaney from Labour, Richard Peckham from the Portsmouth Independence Party, and Martin Northern from the Liberal Democrats. And I've been Simon Sansbury. Please do join us um, for our next episode at 6.27, which is on the 11th, so on Tuesday, the 11th of April, when we've got the Nelson Ward hustings. Um, and then next Sunday at 6.27, um, we then have the Baffins hustings. Um, and we've also then got uh, the Eastley and Craneswater hustings the following, uh, the following Sunday. Day at, on the 23rd and Hilsey um, Hustings on the 30th so uh, do keep, keep posted please do um, like, follow, subscribe all of those etc things that I'm sure you know a lot about um, on social media just to make sure you get um, get notifications of uh, when we're next going to be live and um, what's happening in the world of um, Pompey politics so thank you very much um, for joining us and see you next time Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. If you want to make sure you get notifications about upcoming shows and get to know when we're live, we normally broadcast live 6.27pm on a Sunday evening, then follow us on Facebook at Pompey Politics Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Pompey Politics One. Please, if you'd like to, feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can even ask Alexa to play the podcast for you. Alexa. Play the latest episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. Getting Pompey Politics Podcast from Amazon Music. Alexa, the latest episode. stop. See? It's easy. <laughs>